On this episode of Aka Education, Justin speaks with Charlie Kinnison of the Kinnison Coral Company. Charlie discusses how he and his wife, Carrie, went from full-time educators to entrepreneurs, creating and providing high-quality rehearsal tracks and educational resources to educators. Charlie and Justin discuss the value of rehearsal tracks in the choral classroom and how they can lead to better performance. Let's get ready. It's time for some Aka Education. It's the Hey everybody, it's Justin Glodish here with episode 36 of the Aka Education Podcast. And this week I have a very special guest. His name is Charlie Kinnison. And if you've never heard that name before, maybe you've heard of the Kinnison Coral Company. Charlie and his wife, Carrie, decided to leave the education profession to pursue creating choral tracks for educators nationwide, worldwide, really. And uh, this company is great starting up. And I'd love to thank Charlie for joining me this week. Charlie, welcome to the Aka Education Podcast. Justin, I'm so glad uh, to be on this podcast and to be sort of associated with other guests that you have, which which are way beyond my talent level. I, I saw you had Claude McKnight, which is, I'm a huge Take Six fan. I've been listening oh, yeah. to them ever since you know second grade, and and then you had uh, Anders Edenroth from uh, from the Real Group, um, and then and then you had my great friend uh, Adam from uh, from Coral Clarity. So yeah, you know, yeah. The, the speaking of you know Claude and Anders, that was all like by chance with Claude. It was just a quick message saying, "Hey man, would you be interested?" And he was all about it. And then after <laughs> the, North, the North American rep for uh, the Real Group contacted me, and I was able to get you know Anders and Katarina. That was sick. But, um, you know, and Adam, I mean, Adam's a New York guy, you know, me being in New York as well. So um, let's let's actually talk about that. You know, let's talk about the Kinnison Coral Company. How did you and Carrie uh, start this up? Yeah, so so um, this is <laughs> this is not where we envision our careers going, um, because uh, you know all of my my parents and all four of my grandparents they're all musicians in some sense of the word, mostly jazz, and they were they were educators in some sense of the word, either at like a public school or private school or at a church or something. So it's just like music education was in my blood, and I'm like you know all through all through middle school and high school, I'm like I'm gonna be a music teacher, I'm gonna be a choir director, I'm gonna do this and this and this. And so I, so I did percussion in high school, drum line, concert percussion. I did, I always took piano lessons and I was in choir. And then going to college, I was like, okay, I have three instruments I could sort of choose. I was better at singing than I was at everything else. So I was like, you know, I'll, I'll be a music education major with an emphasis in voice. And so I went through my, it was five-year program. And that's where Carrie and I met, um, which is, it could, that could be a story for another day. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, got a, I got a teaching gig right out of, um, right out of college, even technically before I graduated. I was, I was so lucky. Hmm. My first year um, was, I was a co-director with, a, with an awesome veteran teacher who had been there for like 10 years. So and that, with that being my first year of teaching, it almost felt like I was student teaching with a salary at mm-hmm. that point. 
because I was learning so much. And he still like took over so much, but like I was getting paid to do it. I was like, I'm getting big boy money now. You know, it's like a first year teacher. I'm like, yes, like I can get a tank of gas now, you know? Right? Yeah, I know that yes. feeling. <laughs> so, yeah, right. I know. So, uh, so I, I love that first year, but then I was itching to own my own program. So a larger high school um, needed a choir director here in St. Louis. It was just, it was very serendipitous and, and coincidental. So I applied and I got it like right away. So mm. I owned this huge established choral program and we sang great repertoire. There were a bunch of kids in there. And then, and my wife taught um, elementary music mm-hmm. and, and she loved it. She's like totally built for that level of music education. And then we had our daughter, Nora, who's now four years old. Mm-hmm. And it was funny. My wife left teaching then sort of to stay home. She, she was a part-time teacher anyways, but um, then she started doing some freelance uh, writing. And this all connects, I promise you. Mm-hmm. So she started doing some freelance educational writing. And as she was doing that, we found out that she's able to make more money based on how much she works. Mm. And over the summer, after we had our daughter, like, obviously, I, I was a teacher, so I just came home. We still get paycheck over the summer. And my wife was able to make um, some more cash, like, for our family finances, because I was able to stay home and watch Nora a little bit more and gave her time. And then we could, like, you know, do whatever we want. So then came came August, early August. And I was like, I, you know, it's time for me to go back to school. I want to teach. This is my passion. Yep. And we went, we, we planned on that. And I, I went back to teaching. And we, we sort of... Um, we sort of started to lose some money, like financially. And it just because I was gone so much, I was gone like 60 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that, that then took away work from Carrie to, to make some more money as a freelance educational writer. And so they were like, okay, let, let, let's figure this out. We want to be good parents. We want to be good spouses. And we want to be good teachers, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or at least in, in my sense. But I couldn't juggle all three. And, and some people can. And it, if I wish, I wish I would have known that formula at the time. So I left teaching. My wife had already left teaching. And we're like, we want to do something in, in music, specifically choral music still. But now not in the traditional classroom or in front of like the traditional choir. So we're like, what are what are our skills? We like we love sight reading. We we sight read pieces for fun at home on, on our couch. You know, we'll like go to the file cabinet and be like, you know, sight read this one. Oh yeah, the kids are sleeping. Let's just sight read. It's so we're, we're such nerds and geeks like that, but we love it. And then we just thought like, I think I had a friend that was like, hey, can you record something or other like on a piano and send me this track? And I was like, I have a mic. I'll just sing it. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And they were like, oh. Oh, that was that was really good. Like it helped my students. And I was like, why don't I just do all the parts? So then I started doing all the parts, SATB. And then I had some clients being like, um, you know, the, the girls don't really like listening to your falsetto and your head voice. I was like, hey, I totally understand that. Like, I'm not a girl, you know, obviously you and I probably have that range, but mm-hmm. we're not, we don't have that voice. Right. So then I asked my, my, uh, my wife, Carrie, it was actually a Mo- Moses Hogan piece. I can't remember what it was, but it had a high C in there. And I, I tried and tried and recorded and recorded. I was like, I can't do it. So I'm like, Carrie. Can you just come to the kids were sleeping? I remember exactly where we were. I was like, can you come down here and record this high C part? And she was like, Oh yeah, sure. And like a like a boss, she came in, looked at the music, I hit record, and it was just stratosphere the first time. And then I was like, why don't we just do this together? Like husband and wife team singing the soprano alto tenor bass, putting together tracks, and then that's sort of where it derived from it, where it was born. 
So it was Kinnison Music, and then um, just this past year, we rebranded because we didn't have anything else to do, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and now it's Kinnison Coral Company, and and we're we 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 are so passionate about what we do. That's awesome. And you know, looking at the website, you actually when you go straight to the website, Kinnison Coral Company, KinnisonCoralCo.com, yeah, yeah. Uh, you actually have a nice um, you know, you have an audio track that kind of gives nice samples of what it is that you do, and these are high quality recordings we're talking here not just not just the vocal parts but you also have you know the accompaniment tracks that go along with them and um you know i know that uh we'll, we'll talk about your collaboration with uh, adam paltrowitz and coral clarity in a minute a minute but i saw a question posed on facebook not that long ago that i think you took part in uh in regards to the importance of rehearsal tracks in choral tracks actually adam's the one that posed this question yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it turned into this huge debate about you yeah. know you know you you have the the purists who's like no 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 you know we should be teaching them you know this and <laughs> and then you had everyone else who's saying well there is merit to what is being done if it's done correctly and i think everything that you and your wife are doing is is doing it correctly you know um one of the things that you mention is when you uh, make your rehearsal tracks, you stick to the genre itself. And I think a lot of people listening know, and this isn't trying to knock any particular company or any anything out there, but when sure. you go to some of those you know, music publishing websites and you listen to the recordings that they have, it's these, it's these proper, they, they sound too prim and proper, you know, these yeah. singers singing way off of the genre. Like if you're doing... <laughs> Which, if you don't mind me interjecting, it's like, no, that's no. great. That's great for, like, you know, motets in Renaissance music. Exactly. And, and even just some, like, straight up, like, just Eric Whitaker things. But not every choir uh, is going to sing those pieces all the time. Mm -hmm. So it just instinctively, it, 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 it just it seems so obvious to me that if a choir is going to sing different genres in a, in a concert or even just base a, an entire concert around a specific genre that mm -hmm. they should appropriately and stylistically and authentically um, uh, sing that genre as close as possible, you know, for it to be enjoyable. Like, I'll, I'll give you an example. In college, um, my wife and I, we sang a shape note piece. And I don't know if, if any of your listeners out there know what shape note singing is, but it's, it's, uh, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's the note heads are different shapes and... Mm -hmm. They are different solfege of the scale, and it, with shape note singing, it's uh, it was it was uh, sort of bred in the mountains in the Appalachian, and and it, the music is never to be performed. It's just people sit in a square, and there's a director right in the middle of the square, and they just move their up arm up and down. I mean, like the basics of a a director. But when they do this style of music, their tone is very like. Nah, like very forward so we sang it that way in our concert it's like you you don't you just don't do it any other way right so that's why like when we get spirituals for orders we try to sing them within that genre when we get mm -hmm. renaissance music we try to sing in the genre of broadway etc cetera, etc cetera. right and i think that's important too because you know me i'm a middle school music educator and I, I want my students to be able to hear, you know, usually we try and find recordings on YouTube nowadays where, you know, other groups uh, of that age have performed it, but sometimes you can't find it. But when you go to those websites and you have, you know, groups, which sounds like, you know, all the singers are, you know, well mature, you know, than middle school, 
um, you're not getting that that quality that you want your students to have. Or, you know, you're singing a song like This Is Me from The Greatest Showman, and it's got this right. very, you know, again, you know, classically trained sound <laughs> to it that you don't necessarily want your students to do. So to, to get on to what Adam uh, from Choral Clarity was bringing up about the, the importance of the rehearsal track and if it's done right, you have a philosophy, you know, your company has a philosophy about these choral rehearsal tracks. So can you just discuss how your choral rehearsal tracks are, why they're different from other groups, and just um, the way that people could utilize what it is that you do? Yeah, uh, you know, as a as a as a choir director myself, and when I was like in the in the classroom, um, and just even in front of like just other professional choirs that I've coached here and there, it's you know your your main goal is to is to move someone, is to change someone's life, whether that be your students or your singers or an audience members. It's like that. That's why that's why we're all so passionate about choral music. It's like at one point in our lives something clicked with us with choral music Mm -hmm. and it was either when we were listening to it rehearsing it or performing it and and in that instant moment our lives were changed for the better and so i I just i truly believe that with every choral musician that that has happened Mm -hmm. so we and, and carrie and i have have witnessed that and experienced that as as performers of like singing at such a high level not to be like all hoity-toity, like, you know, we're, the choir has to be perfect, because it doesn't. Right. But there is a sense of striving for reaching that thin air that not a lot of people breathe. And, but in order for that to happen, Justin, we know that the foundation of the piece needs to be bulletproof almost, like the notes, words, and rhythms. If you don't have those, you can't really move on truly to the next part and, like, study the poetry of it and bring out the emotional and connect right. to the piece. It's like, because if, you, if you're, if you're doing so well with rehearsing and then all of a sudden there's just a wrong rhythm, uh, I get, you know, we understand stupid mistakes and like, I don't mean to sound terse, but yeah. it's like, if you're, if you're that good, then those small things will stick out even more. Mm-hmm. So it's like our philosophy behind what we do is so rooted in the fact that we want to change people's lives mm-hmm. on, on, on a wide scale through choral music. So, so what we try to offer people are rehearsal tracks that sound like a real choir, not just like an individual singing, like you can tell it's a quartet or you can tell it's a trio if it's SSA or something. It's like we want our stuff to sound like a real choir so that when the person is at home rehearsing, there's safety in numbers, whether in their headphones or in their speakers. We want to we get it to where... It sounds very, very close to what it would sound like in a real rehearsal, right. you know, or a sectional or something like that. So that's why we we spend so much nuanced time and energy on each track, trying to make it sound as 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 perfect as possible. And there's probably some mistakes in some of our tracks, whether it be cutoffs or small ones. But uh, you know, for the because you know, no nobody's perfect. I'll be the first one to say that, but. <laughs> You know, this philosophy of like helping the directors save time in rehearsal by only teaching the notes and rhythms and the solfege and going through that once because we don't we don't want these to be learning tracks. We're so fully against that because we're so for music literacy. Mm -hmm. So after the director runs through the piece, then they can, you know, upload the rehearsal tracks to that song and be like, all right, I this is what I used to say to my students. All right. We went through the notes and rhythms and words by ourselves. You got the solfege written in. I'm never going to do that in class again. We're going to move on. We're going to start making music 
come rehearsal number two on this song. You know, right. you have you have all the tools at your disposal. Um, and and I think from my experience that a lot of singers enjoy having that um, that that sort of uh, self policing sort of attitude and responsibility of like, okay, you know, my my Mister or Mrs. Whatever taught me our parts, and we kind of know it. Now I, co- I come back next time with it learned and we can move forward. Yeah, and yeah. once that time is saved from plunking out notes in rehearsal, that's where the music is made and that's where lives are changed. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, especially with this year, you know, and you and I were talking uh, before we started uh, rolling here is that, you know, with a lot of teachers teaching in a variety of different ways, a variety of different teaching models this year, whether they're remote, whether they're hybrid or in person, you know, even so, with guidelines that are being proposed by the CDC, they request, you know, you're, you're cutting your rehearsal time down in order to allow proper airflow for, you know, mitigation of the spread of, of COVID-19 or whatever, you know, utilizing rehearsal tracks, you know, like t- taking one day to, to woodshed, as I would call it, you know, woodshed all yeah, the notes, yeah. but then having those rehearsal tracks at the ready to go so students now have that to be able to, use as a reference as they go through, then instead of spending a month or two months of rehearsal time, just wood shedding notes, now you've cut that time in half and now you're focusing on the musicality and all those other things. Yeah, totally. And, And I think, you know, in terms of, you know, because you have to deduct the amount of time that you're working on certain things. And, you know, if you're teaching in a hybrid model, you have to make sure that the kids at home are understanding what's going on as well as the kids that are sitting in front of you. And it's just, the rehearsal tracks take the ease, like they make it easier for us educators to be able to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. And it, it takes the headaches out. And, you know, if anything, you know, it, and it brings you guys, it brings you to, you know, business and it, um, you know, so helping you out, but also helping us out because it's something that now we don't necessarily have to do. Like I, there, mm-hmm. I guarantee there's a ton of people listening right now that would say, oh yeah, I make part tracks for my students all the time. I was just yeah. going to say that because, because, you know, if you are out there listening right now, doing this, I was in your shoes. Mm -hmm. I I, I was doing the exact same thing. I I had a huge choral program. Like I said, I I would, you know, come solo in ensemble time or something or state festival. I would make piano tracks plunking out on my phone and and sending it, you know, Mm -hmm. through like Google drive or something. And it would take up the already precious small amount of time that I had. So if you were out there listening and, and and doing this, like I want to let you know, there are other time-saving <laughs> options out there that that are that are higher quality than than the piano tracks. You know, right. we, we are we are here to help people save their time because we know we've been there, and teachers are stretched so thin, mm-hmm. specifically. You know, music teachers, choir t- teachers, choral directors, they're, they're stretched so thin that, that, I mean, we understand. We've been there. Like, we feel you. We get right. it. We're here to help. Now, when someone actually goes through and uh, they would basically request a song, like they have a song already in mind, they would request, could you be able to do this for us? And then you and Carrie get right to work on it. Um, you record, you know, tenor bass parts and Carrie performs, you know, soprano alto parts. Do you, and then do you hire musicians to play like piano background instruments or is that all like um, we, something that you, you do all on your own? Yeah. So that uh, we, we've had this question asked to us a lot. We 
do everything in house. It's mm. just Carrie and I. That's amazing. Um, I, I do, uh, and, and she she still does educational writing. So I take the bulk of of most of the work. But um, but if I didn't have her, then Kinnison Coral Company wouldn't exist. So so yeah, all, all the backing music is done by me on my keyboard. Whether it be or- orchestral, whether it be some sort of drums or something, it's all done um, here in house. And we okay. also mix it in house. We master it in house. We organize the tracks in house. I, I I am I never took one class in like audio engineering but i have probably watched over 10,000 hours of youtube videos mm-hmm. of figuring out how to do this and like listening back to some of our first tracks we made i'm like why would i choose that plugin or why would i you know why didn't i eq it or like what was i doing with compression it's like now i feel like i've actually like taken a course in audio mm-hmm. engineering so we've come a long way and 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 we just we want to do this ourselves um and, and so everything is done in house that's awesome, and I love the I love the way that you you mentioned the ten thousand hours of YouTube videos because I feel like that's really been all of us for this past yeah. year. Like a lot of us, a lot of us educators, not just music teachers, but all teachers have become video editors, audio engineers. You know, we've become a geek squad basically, especially for our students who are like, "Why can't I unmute?" And like those kinds of things. Right. Um, you know what I mean? So I totally right. get where you're coming from. Just because <laughs> I've had to do the same thing with my students this year, but um, yeah. you know, so when you make your tracks. Uh, how, do, how is it packaged for, you know, for your clients? You know, do they get sure. a multitude of tracks? Like how does that yeah. work? Yeah. So, so from what we've found, we've done a little bit of industry research like the past few years. And, mm-hmm. and what we found is, is we, we offer the most comprehensive choral rehearsal track package in the industry. If there's, if there's another one out there that offers more, you know, kudos to them and more power to them. But um, when, when a client or a choir director orders from us, we will get the, uh, the, the full mix, which is like sort of balanced voices, everything, just like you would, it's like a studio version of the piece, right? right. Um, then you would also get uh, just the accompaniment, if there is, if there's acapella, obviously there won't. And then you get what we call part-specific tracks, where it's, uh, uh, let's just use a regular SATB with accompaniment, you know, mm-hmm. song, for example. Um, so, like, the soprano-specific track would just be the soprano sort of, like, um, panned in the middle with the accompaniment going and okay. no other voices. The same thing with, like, the alto tenor and bass. Then we then we have uh, what's called part left tracks where, uh, you, like, if the tenor left track is playing, then you have the tenor part in your ear on the left and everything else on the right. Mm-hmm. So your students at home, if they use headphones, they're able to take one headphone off and either just hear their part or take the other part off and not hear their part at all, which mm-hmm. leads us to our next set of tracks, which is the part mute tracks. And it's exactly what it sounds like. Like the bass mute track is everything but the bass part, mm-hmm. um, which when I'm rehearsing sort of my uh, choral music, I, I don't know if I probably didn't say this, but I sing with the four-time international chorus champions of the Barbershop Harmony Society, mm-hmm. the Ambassadors of Harmony. Okay. And they do tracks for absolutely everything. But it's a it's a... I wouldn't say professional because we pay to be in it, but there's right. a lot of people. There's a, 110 guys in the chorus, and the majority of them cannot read music. Right. So they so they use these as as quote unquote learning tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I sometimes use them too. I mean, I can I can sight read so many different things, but it just saves me a lot of time, and and I enjoy singing with tracks. So like I sing with my tenor two mute track when I'm rehearsing my AOH music, and it's just it's more enjoyable that way, and it makes me rehearse rather than just coming here and plunking my part out on the piano and trying to play all four parts myself. It's like, it's just much more enjoyable as a singer. Right. And you know, so if you're, if you're not keeping track, he's already said you get the full accompaniment and you know, all parts. Full, full mix. 
and then you and then you get each part um soloed out basically and then you get the you know the panned tracks you know with one part on the left everything else on the right and then the part muted tracks so I'm, I mean, my wife is the, is the math teacher, but I can tell you that's, that's a lot of tracks already that, you know, there, that is being put forth. And, you know, we had the conversation earlier where, you know, when teachers do it, maybe they're just doing the line itself for the kids, or maybe yeah. they're, they're focusing on one of those four aspects, but not sure. every single one. So that's, gosh. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that's why, that's, you know, that's why we call the, these rehearsal tracks. I mean, they are specifically curated and designed to allow the specific singer to go home and rehearse by themselves in many different ways. And, and there are other ways to use these tracks too, other than like sending your kids home to rehearse or sending your singers home to rehearse. Right. Um, something that we've found uh, that a lot of teachers use, and this was, this was sort of before COVID hit when, when a lot more people are in person, but um, like testing in choirs, you can use these part mute tracks for testing and then really listen into your singer rather than when I was a teacher, I would have to focus on playing the chord changes and faking the accompaniment while still trying to like grade my singer. Right. But you don't have to do that with, with our product. You just press play and you listen to them and you can really focus and, and give really good feedback to them. And, and even with sectionals, you can say, all right, altos, this has happened to me a lot too, is altos, who can play piano? No hands go up. <laughs> like, okay, great. Okay. I'm like, altos, uh, come with me, you know, and everyone else. But with the part-specific tracks, you can send each section out and right. into a into a into a, a practice room and say bases play the bass specific track or play the bass mute track and work together mm-hmm. you know and collaborate as a section um, and then and then as a, as the choir director you can go around and really like just check and it's just it's just the quality of your teaching skills are are better honed when your time is 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 al- allowed to do that you know right oh yeah and you know I'm I'm gonna self admit it you know I'm not the strongest piano player you sure. know I like. I will comp chords to get yeah. through arrangements until our actual accompanist is in front of the students for right. me to conduct them for probably the first or second time all year right, right. in concert, you know? And right. so having, I mean, for me, I'm on, I err to the side of having and utilizing the choral rehearsal tracks because it helps me as the educator focus on more minute details that I wouldn't necessarily be able to focus on if I was behind the piano, every rehearsal wood shedding, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, one of the things that you have on your website, you know, when you essentially subscribe to the choral service is you have this calculator, this repertoire Mm -hmm. rehearsal calculator and scheduler, which I think is uh, freaking awesome, by the way, Um, (laughs) you know, and I, you look at it and it's just, for those of you that haven't seen it, I'm going to make sure that this goes up in the episode description. But basically, it uh, Charlie and Carrie put this out there where you put your song titles, how much time you rehearse per song, uh, you know, in rehearsal, and then it breaks it down to how much time you need before your concert. How many, like it just gives you kind of like minute by minute options. Uh, right. for how to run your rehearsals. And, you know, everyone ha- runs the rehearsals differently. Let's, mm-hmm. let's you know, just mm-hmm. put it that way. Some people, you know, they start with their warmups, they go into sight reading, they go into music. You know, some people skip the Skype sight reading part altogether. Some people yeah. just do warmups yeah. and then it's really 
it's like teaching to the test, preparing for said concert. Right, right. Not necessarily focusing on the musical aspects because, you know, they're trying to gear up for performance. But now by taking the guesswork out of it, by getting the rehearsal tracks, by having the schedule on the calculator, you've really given educators um, the opportunity to, to really hone in on what can make them great, not just good, but yeah. great. So. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's kind of, I think I had mentioned this too, just emailing back and forth. It's like, it's a nice reality check to mm-hmm. choir directors of like, you know, Holy cow. I only have 50 minutes to rehearse this song before the concert, mm-hmm. because that's sometimes what the reality is. If you have, you know, and some people will see once they download the calculator, but like you input how many rehearsals you have in a week how many minutes that rehearsal is and how many days before or how many weeks before the concert, so on and so forth. And it kind of gives you this number of like, you know, anywhere seven, you have 700 minutes to rehearse your five songs before the concert. And you're like, this has got to be wrong. Trust me, everyone. It is not wrong. Right. It's just surprising. So then you go to the scheduler tab down at the bottom and Mm -hmm. that's when you can like, Oh, you have this many minutes to allocate. And then you can really like the easier pieces you allocate less minutes and the harder pieces you allocate more minutes and this and the scheduler will tell you like oh you've over allocated like you, you can't that's a no-no or you still have 10 minutes left to allocate what, what do you want to do you want to spend it on hallelujah chorus or do you want to spend it on you know like a, i don't know some i'm trying to think of an easy piece to oh yeah music. no i gotcha it makes to- makes total sense, and you know, just looking at it, it's it's very simple and easy to use. You know, it's it's really a Google Doc that you just you know click and make a copy for your own benefit. And, exactly, and you you have it, you know. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I'm going to put that up on the episode description along with you know your website and just push people to to utilize this information. Yeah. Now, um, as we've been talking about them, you know, for a little bit, uh, but we had Adam Paltrowitz of Choral Clarity here uh, back in December. I say we, it's literally me, and it was, it was an interview like we're doing right You and now. your but, mic. Yes, me and my, my, cruffin, my microphone. So, um, but Adam has a great blog that a lot of our listeners uh, check out. It's Choral Clarity, and you know he's a well-established educator on Long Island, and um, you have actually just announced a partnership with him and um, your company. So can you describe the collaboration and uh, what you got going on there? Yeah, yeah, it was so funny. I, I I was at the gym this past year, and my wife texted me. She's like, "Hey, did you see your Instagram message?" I was like, "Oh no, I haven't checked it out yet." She's like, "Go look," and it was Adam. And I was like, "Who is this guy?" Coral Clarity, and and I looked more. And he's like, "Hey, let's zoom, let's talk. You know, we would collaborate on something or whatever." And uh, and, and I didn't realize how large of a following he has. I was really <laughs> impressed, and he's so he's so passionate and intelligent. And he, I, I love his philosophy of just like, um, uh, just getting everyone to sing, mm-hmm. like no matter their their ability level, it's like the ability to sing, and then just all of his resources that that he allows teachers to use, his rubrics and sight reading examples, and right. like, my goodness, like when when I was a teacher, I wish I would have, I I wish I would have come across that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so the, for the past few months, we've been collaborating and and being like, you know, how how can we work together to to uh, you know. F- just explode the world of of not only choral entrepreneurship but just helping choir directors meet their goal of just of changing lives and 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 changing the world through choral music so so we announced our partnership last uh Thursday, I believe, or, or something along those lines. Adam, if you're listening, I forgot the date, and I apologize. <laughs> so, That's okay. You, you can text me later, Adam, and yell at me that way. <laughs> um, 
Um, but we're very excited. So our partnership sort of entails, um, if any of you know out there, Adam is a really great arranger and composer, and he, he writes some really great, like, crunchy chord type of music, but it's accessible mm-hmm. and very learnable for all ages. Um, so Carrie and I are starting to record his entire library for him for these demos, mm-hmm. and we are exclusively only um, allowing purchases of those rehearsal tracks through his website. Um, and then obviously his compositions are available there too. So uh, so it's sort of both of our philosophies being being mashed into one. It's like his accessible but tasteful arrangements and then mm-hmm. our abilities to allow this this service and product to have these singers rehearse this music at home. Right. And then that, that, that accessible music can be dug in deeper even more and then change even more lives. It's like it always just comes back to like, our, our passion on, on, you know, moving someone. Right. You know, you bring up a great point with, with what, um, what you do and what Adam does, you know, in essence, the, even his wife, you know, his wife, you know, was a, is a veteran Broadway performer and she does right. a lot of great things. Um, you and your wife are both educators in the classroom. Adam's a classroom educator. I'm a classroom educator. You know, I never realized how much, and this is going to make me sound like a, a moron probably, but <laughs> I never realized that when I look at, you know, grade specific repertoire, you know, some of the pieces that I truly like, I, I love Laura Farnell's music. You know, sure, I think she sure. does, I think she does great music. Um, she's a middle school choral teacher, you know yeah, what I mean? Wild. You know, it, and it, it's when you find the music that's good, it's because the, it's the people who are in the trenches teaching it that yeah. make it good, you know? And, you know, when you listen to some of the other arrangements that are, you know, and I, I we've had this, I had this discussion with um, Darlene Machacon a few weeks ago about, you know, picking the right repertoire and not picking the repertoire to check the box. Yeah. You know, I was yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of that, I'm going to call it schlocky repertoire out there where it just, it checks a box and it doesn't even check it the right way. It's like a scribble, you know, it's like, it kind of works, but it doesn't, you know? So, but when you have these people who are educators who, who do this arranging, like, like Adam does, you know, and I've done arrangements, I've done acapella arrangements for, for colleagues of mine and for my own group, because out of necessity, there's not a lot of middle school repertoire out there. Right, and right. then someone like, you know, like Brian Sharp, who does all of the um, acapella arranging for a couple of high school groups in Ohio, plus you know middle school groups as well. It's right. It's because they've been involved with it, and mm-hmm. I think that's important, and, and that I think goes along with your philosophy that you want to make things challenging but accessible to the students that you know, knowing that they can handle it. You don't, you don't want to be throwing, um, not that they couldn't handle a, a Mozart, you know, you know, quartet or anything like that, or, sure. or, you know, or anything, like, but you want to make sure that they're enjoying it, that it's accessible and that it's, it's appealing to them, you know, and not just checking off said box. Well, you know, it's like, it's like, that's, that's where our, our education classes in college taught us. It's like that zone of proximal development. It's you know, funny like, how that works, right? I, Everything that we were taught in college, it's kind of like... It's, well, it's starting it, to make sense now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I do remember the zone of proximity and I'm like, oh man, that's really interesting. And, and uh, you know, there's a few things of child development. But anyways, I, I digress. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're exactly right. It's like that, you know, finding that sliver of, of zone of proximity and, and being able to just like teaching that level for each student. And if it is too hard, they're going to give up. And if it's right. too easy, they're going to act out, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? 
And one of the things that I like that he does as well is that he he chooses something and he asks for, if I recall the interview correctly, he asks for his students' input. So it's almost like they're involved in the process of the arranging that he does. And he, oh, he'll select, I didn't know that. He'll That's select really cool. texts. Yeah, it's really it's really neat. His his whole philosophy, yeah. um, and you know, selects texts that you know, he thinks poetry that would fit within, you know, public domain poetry that would fit within what he's trying to accomplish. And it's, it brings familiarity too. I've seen he's done arrangements of, you know, some holiday carols and things like that. It's songs that are familiar, but done slightly different. And you, you yourself, you're actually, um, I see you do like custom arrangements, transcriptions and stuff like that as well. Is, is your philosophy the same as like, would you choose like a text that speaks to you or do you really focus more on what the client asks for or how do you go about choosing stuff that you arrange personally? So my, my arranging, so I'm no composer and I, I don't know if people think of it the way I do, but, you know, I, I'm not good at writing melodies or coming up with text or, like, taking a poem and then putting that to melody. I'm strictly, like, give me a melody and I can reharmonize it. I have a really big jazz background, and so reharmonization is, like, all I do. So the, 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 groups, that I, the groups that I arrange for are, are quite professional and, and a very high skill level. Mm-hmm. Uh, rarely do I arrange for, like, high school or an honor choir or something. I, you know, Gene Perling was always one of my favorite arrangers. He did uh, Singers Unlimited and the High Lows, and mm-hmm. I did a project on him in college, and every Ever since then, it has sort of, uh, I guess, shaped my arranging. And he has a quote. He says, I'm not going to make anything easy for in my arrangements. Let someone else do that. Which is like totally his arranging style. It's like his stuff is so hard to sing. Right. But it sounds so cool when it's done well. It just takes a really high skill level. So my arranging is is sort of based on that. Like I can write some pretty difficult stuff. Mm-hmm. But like the voice leading is easy in and of itself. And sometimes I'll write eight-part stuff. Sometimes I'll write stuff with like body percussion. So um, I, that's why I don't push my arranging just because I can get too – I can put too much time into it sometimes. Yeah. Um, but that's why that's why we focus on like – like our, our main service, which is our choral rehearsal tracks. Right. But but if there are any, like, um, Anders, Enroth, if you are listening, like, you know, I'll totally do an arrangement for you guys. Or Claude, if you're out there too, like, just, you know, hit me up on Facebook. I'll do an arrangement. Oh, absolutely. I mean, hey, you never know. Uh, like, you never know. I never knew, and then all of a sudden, it, here we are. Like, you were, yeah, we're talking right? to him. It's just, it's, it's, it's crazy how, how small this world is and how, how it all know. works out. Um, now with your, with your, um, tracks, I, you know, just looking at your website here, you know, you have your major works you have for songs for women's voices, for men's voices. You got, you got a whole like gamut of things here. Now, if, um, someone was to, you know, say to contact you, um, how does, how does it work out just cause I don't know if you'll be able to answer this question or not. How does sure. it work out in terms of, um, copyright concerns and, and things like that? Yeah, yeah. So, so we we uh, pay lights licensing fees. We go through some of some of the big names. I won't okay. name them, but um, and we we pay it every three or four months, or after it reaches a certain just like um, uh, expense for us, mm-hmm. then we'll then we'll take care of the licensing fees. So we don't we don't want our clients to have to worry about that. Okay. Um, you know, we, 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 we sort of own this music, but we get the rights from the publishers to, mm-hmm. to sell it. So, um, so yeah, no worries on the client's part of that. 
Awesome. That, that was, I mean, cause I know that that's always a concern, especially nowadays. Cause you know, with streaming licenses and this it is. thing, it is. And, and it, it could be a headache for us to like having to, you know, put cause they're not, they're not super cheap. And when mm-hmm. we have a lot of songs that we, we, we have, you know, on order, we have to buy all those licenses. And, and so it, it, it is a little bit of headache, but it, it's the law. Right, <laughs> we have right. to follow the law. Um, but I understand right now, I think ACDA um, uh, advocacy group or something is, is trying to advocate for some sort of licensing uh, law to be changed or mechanical fees to be changed or something like that. Right. And um, going over, you know, some of the things that, you know, you and your wife do and which I think this this particular thing is great is is your turnaround time. You know, typically if you you ask, you know, for sometimes they have the canned rehearsal tracks that are attached to the arrangements that are on those publishing websites. But, you know, sometimes you want something more and, and can you talk about your turnaround time and why it's so unique compared to others out there? Yeah. Yeah. So our turnaround time, you know, once we get the full PDF uh, readable, I might add, um, score. I mean, chicken scratch isn't good. You know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> or like missing page 14 or something. It's like <laughs> once we get the full score in our hands, whether it's physically mailed to us or, or emailed to us, that our time starts then. Okay. It's like okay. I will usually that evening um, after the kids go to bed, I'll come upstairs and record the compliment, you know, just to get started, get something down. Um, and I'll look at it beforehand. I'll do some score study and everything. Um, and then usually it, it doesn't take longer than 10 business days to get the whole package back and that's as of right now you know when we get super busy and as as our as our company gets just more orders in and as we grow um we won't be able to guarantee that time but um from what i understand the rest of the industry has a has a really long wait time to get a custom choral rehearsal track made um so ours is 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 far shorter compared to to other people that do this so even if it is 15 business days to to get a full track uh, from my understanding it's it that's still a month or so quicker um and we have a rush fee too because like we we get that you know oh my gosh i have a something or other in you know two weeks or in a week like can you rush it and so yeah you know we, we we offer a rush fee and we'll just cut the time in half. So nice. um, it usually really only takes us two to four days to actually finish a piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have multiple pieces going at the same time. So we have to sort of, you know, prioritize which one comes in. So I, I love that. And, you know, and for anyone who, who missed the beginning of that, it's when the kids go to bed, then I can start. <laughs> no, and it's, it's so funny. And, and I, it's important to, to say this because every person that I, I contact and I, and I tell them, you know, I usually do my interviews through Zoom, uh, but it has to be like after 830 because I got to make sure that, you know, the kids are settled and that my wife is okay, you know, with handling them, getting them that to bed That was the first everything. thing that you told me when you first messaged me. I, I, was that's... Like, I was like, this guy gets it. This guy yeah. gets it. And, and I love that, you know, you have you're creating a living out of, out of doing this, but you know, it's the idea that family does come first too. You know what I mean? And it's, it's just, you and I are like kindred spirits almost at this point. The kids are good. The kids are good. The wife's got, the wives have them. All right. We'll be able to talk for a little bit before we go check and see if everything, you know, is, is still intact. I I don't know if you could hear, but there's like, there's still like screaming and stuff downstairs. Stairs like bedtime and like cocoa minor, melon minor elephants. Oh yeah, minor elephants. They stomp as they yeah. go upstairs. Right, so right, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, I think they were having a dance party or something. But I, right. it's just I think uh, it's 
it's refreshing knowing that, you know, you know, you are tackling this, this business venture and, but still family comes first yeah. and, and you, you do a, a, a wonderful job. You and your wife both do a wonderful job at, uh, at, at this, at what you're doing. Thank and, you. uh, yeah. So kudos to you, man. That's, yeah. that's great. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if I could count the number of times where I've stayed up and had to like record full orchestrations up till midnight, I mean, my goodness, it's been, there have been some late nights, but you know, it, what's nice is like, you know, Carrie and I are getting paid to like play accompaniments and, and like sing choral music. It's like, we, we wouldn't have it any other way, even if right. we do stay up late. And, and, you know, so we, we just, we love what we do. We love the, the, the effects that our services have on people in a positive way. And just mm-hmm. knowing that, that we're reaching out to thousands of singers to, even if they don't want to be a singer the rest of their life or like go into music education necessarily, it's like, we still want them to, you know, keep singing. Right. Now, um, before we head out, uh, what is the process like for, you know, someone to be able to work with you? Uh, what is, what do you suggest? How do they go about getting these tracks through, uh, Kinnison Coral Company? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. So um, the easiest way is just to go to our website, which is uh, com, And up at the tabs, you can, um, under one of the tabs, you can just order a new track package. And it's as simple as filling that information out, the order form, uploading the PDF, and like, we'll get started. Just trust that we'll get started. We see it on our end and, and it keeps us busy, you know, or um, you can check out our growing song library and you can just instantly download any song from there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once you go through, through all the process, add it to your cart. I mean, it's, it's just, it's an online shop basically. Um, we do have a lot of people that just like email us too and be like, Hey, we want to, we want to, you know, this song or whatever. And then I just send them the form. Um, we're, I mean, we're normal people, Justin, like, yeah. it's not like we're like celebrities or anything it's like you guys can email us or call us or text us or you know whatever we're just normal people sitting around at home with our kids exactly just happen to sometimes go up and sing in front of a microphone (laughs) right and you know and you're reasonably priced too and i think that's that's something that's important too because sometimes if you go through you know someone larger they're they're they would ask for you know maybe like an exorbitant fee yeah this is this is very reasonable and you know and the fact that it's only two of you pulling all this together it's even more impressive that you're able to to, you know to do what it is that you do so yeah yeah and have have kids and and you know making sure that oh yeah yeah. i forgot about that part (laughs) (laughs) no i mean our passion totally drives us. I mean, when we're tired and, 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 and groggy, it's like, we still want to do this and we want, we want this to be accessible for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, we, 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 we've helped so many people and it makes our hearts so, uh, joyous that it, we just, we love what we do and we, we love this and we want everyone to be able to benefit from this. As you should. And I think a lot more people are going to, you know, so folks, make sure that you check out Kinnison Coral Company. That's Kinnison Coral Co. Co.com. Um, Charlie and Carrie do amazing things. And check out the collaborative work that they're doing with Adam Paltrowitz and Coral Clarity. Uh, Charlie, it has been an honor to talk with you this week and get to know more about your company. And, uh, you know, I, I, you might have, I think you're going to have a lot more clients in, in the near future. So thank you so much for joining me this week on the Aka Education Podcast. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Justin, for having me. This has been such a blast. Absolutely. We'll be right back.
Hey everyone, this is Justin from the Aka Education Podcast here to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is what I use to create these podcasts, and let me tell you, it's free. Uh, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And the beauty of it is we'll distribute the podcast for you. So I can record on Anchor and it's going to send it to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all these other places as well. And I love that I can make money from this podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So be sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you so much to Charlie Kinnison of Kinnison Coral Company for joining me this week. You can check out his and his wife's website at kinnisoncoralco.com. Be sure to check out the links in the episode description for resources from this week's episode. Follow the podcast on social media at AkaEd Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And follow me, Justin Glodish, at OfficialJGlow on TikTok and Twitter. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We're found on Anchor, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. New episodes are released every Wednesday. You can also now tune into the podcast on Akaville Radio, akaville.org. If interested in supporting this podcast with a monthly donation, go over to anchor.fm slash podcast to do so. And if you ever have any questions about the podcast, suggestions on future guests, please email me at akaedpodcast at gmail.com or leave a voice message on the Anchor website. From the Aka Education Podcast, I'm Justin Glodish. We'll talk soon.